from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I've been thinking all day about the best word to describe J.C. Horn. Top pick. Talented. Injury prone. uh, Frustrating. Yes. the, the, The best that could encapsulate all of that is tantalizing, right? Because I I want to be excited about him so much. Preseason, we actually we we do this thing on Thursdays called cons and cons, confidence and concerns, where Dennis and I tell you what we're confident about and what we're concerned about at that time when it comes to the Panthers. And nothing was on both sides of that fence, both confident and concerned, more than the secondary and the corners, right? Like. You'd be confident in their talent, concerned about their injury history, confident in in their draft pedigree, concerned about the depth. Like it just kept going back and back and back and back and forth. J.C. Horn, ready for this, is injury prone. It's a label absolutely nobody wants. It's a label that agents get furious about when it's used during negotiation time. It is is not a, a compliment. And there's a lot of arguments for and against, you know, hey, this uh, uh, this guy, is, it's been broken bones. It's been ligament tears. It's been not the soft tissue things that, that are recurring most likely. They're the fluke injuries. You can't predict them. They're not more likely to get injured in the future. I get it. I get it. I get it. Guess what? To me, injury prone is not a diagnosis. It's not like me saying this guy is injury prone. So, it, like like saying this guy is I don't I don't know, like diabetic or something. It's not a diagnosis. It's an observation. It's me saying this guy for as good as he is, for as effective as he is when he's on the field and healthy, for as exciting as he is when he's on the field and healthy. He is in his third season in the NFL. He has played 17 career games. What is it, 17 out of a possible 35? And that's not even including taking out the games where he was hurt and didn't finish, right? So it's really probably closer to like 16.2 out of a possible 35. He is injury prone. That's my observation is when you watch this guy play, there's a lot of times where you're watching it and he gets hurt. If you just pick a random Panthers game out of the last three seasons, this year and the previous two, there's a pretty high chance that if you just you know flip on the, the, the game, the recording, he's not going to be playing. And if he is playing, you should be pretty darn nervous he's going to get hurt by the time the game's over. There's a phrase I use, and it, and it goes into sports so many different ways. The greatest indicator of future results is past results. Right? If a player has been good for 10 years, they're probably going to be good next year. If a player has been streaky for the last five years, they're probably not going to be the most consistent guy in the league this year. The greatest indicator of future results is past results. So if I look at a guy, and for the last three years, he's been hurt a lot, and I don't care if it's broken bones, broken wrists, broken ankles, broken uh, ligaments. I, if a guy gets hurt a lot, I'm not going to be surprised when he gets hurt again. So now that we've established that, and you can you can argue it all you want, I believe it's inarguable. 
Now that we've established that, it becomes how do you handle that moving forward? There's there are a few different ways this could break. One is the Steph Curry. Right? Steph Curry had ankle problems. He just over the first part of his NBA career, ankle problems, ankle problems, ankle problems. So guess what? The Warriors were able to get him on a four-year, $44 million deal, which may not seem like a steal to you. But when you have MVP quality play coming on $11 million, that's how you're able to add everybody else that they added and create a dynasty. There's also the other way. Sign somebody to a big deal, they get hurt. And in that case, even Steph Curry, right? Four years, $44 million, You got him on an injury discount. If he ended up getting hurt and never living up to the expectations, you would have been out $44 million. That's a bad deal. But you got to make that risk make sense. So I'm looking at J.C. Horn. After this offseason is when he becomes eligible for a long-term extension. I'm only doing it if he gives the injury discount. Here's how I'm saying. I, I wouldn't throw the word injury prone in his face or his agent's face because that's just going to get him upset. Right? That's the the stereotypical, like, you know, if you're in, a, in a, a fight with your significant other and you go, would you just calm down? Relax. It's like that, that, that probably not the best thing to say. Just going to ignite the situation. Saying injury prone, probably just going to ignite the situation. But you have to get your point across. I would say, listen. We need $5 million a year to pay a cornerback that's able to step up when, when you're out. So if if your play when you're healthy says $18 million a year, we need to pay you 13 so we can have five to get the guy that plays the other seven games a year. That's on you, right? And if you think we're crazy for asking that, you've played 17 out of 35 games. All we're doing is paying you based on what you've done with the understanding that the greatest indicator of past or of future results is past results. That's where I'm at with JC Horn. And that way the, the like, you know, part of the reason why we'll use a, a bit of current events here to tell the story. Part of the reason why the Aaron Rodgers injury was so, so unbelievably devastating. is because he had Zach Wilson behind him. It still would have been devastating, but imagine you had uh, the best backup quarterback and whoever you think it is, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, whoever it is. If you thought the, the, they they had the best backup in the league, it would still be devastating, but not as. So if J.C. Horn gets hurt next year and you don't have the depth behind him, it will be absolutely devastating. However, if you can afford the depth behind him to have another effective corner, not as devastating. That's the way you need to operate from this point moving forward. That's the only way you can operate from this point moving forward. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now let's get to the other side of the ball with the Panthers. By the way, the drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. Offensive play calling. Because, I mean, DJ Chark is hurt. There's a couple other owies and boo-boos. Uh, Austin Corbett's still not back. I would argue there that, that, that 
their personnel should be able to effectively run whatever offense they've been practicing all the way through training camp. You'd think, right? You'd think. Allegedly. <laughs> Is that – allegedly, you just throw out there just to, to – it's like anytime you're talking about anything court related, you just throw out like allegedly. Again, yes. these are all allegations just mm-hmm. to protect yourself. Um, allegedly, these are all ac- accusing um, assumptions. Assum- yeah. The reports are, the accusations made are. Um, here's what I think happened they over promised and under delivered on the offensive scheme. <laughs> yeah. Right, the the Panthers all preseason sold us a story. Right, they would finish their preseason game. Their offense wouldn't look great at times. They would come back to us, and what would they say? We kept it vanilla. Yeah, not showing anything. We 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 didn't show anything. Part of the reason we are not worried about our offensive production. We kept it vanilla. We kept it vanilla. We kept it, that was the word vanilla, and they said it a bunch of times. And part of what what happens when you keep saying that is we start to think you have something to hide, right? You have something innovative. You have creativity. You have uh, uh, explosives. You have something new. You have uh, a player used in a way that we weren't expecting. You have something to surprise us with. Then you came out the first day, the first game where where it counted, where you should unveil, right? Like a like a, a magician taking the the tablecloth off of some apparatus, right? You're like, ooh, a tiger in a cage. Only instead, you took you, you took the cover away, and it was like a chair, right? It was vanilla. It, the offense you ran was vanilla. There's nothing flashy about it. It was nothing it, special. It was vanilla. You were running vanilla to hide the offense that ended up being vanilla, and that doesn't make much sense to me. And it, and it made the, it made the offense very underwhelming. They did the same stuff, except they just did it in the pistol formation. It's like, oh, you moved the running back two steps to one side. Nobody could have seen that coming. No, no. What? What? What is this? Like it, it strikes me. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a remember the end of Varsity Blues, the movie. Mm-hmm. Where they, if you watch the movie, and this came out in like 94 or something like that. Uh, I I think it was 94. Uh, they basically invented like the spread offense, the run and shoot, where where uh, John Moxon and 99, okay, well, 90s. Guess I should have left it more generic. There you go. Uh, but they basically invented the run and shoot. Yeah. Where they're like five wide, I'm calling the plays, we're hurrying up, no huddles, and it's, it's just like a you know a raunchy MTV movie where they happen to stumble into like Mike Leach in the in the nineties. <laughs> Four uh, receivers to one side, single a guy over here. But there's a moment where they run out there and they're doing this unforeseen, never unbelievable offense, and you see like the coaches on the other sideline, the defense, like what is this? Oh my! They have five receivers. Whoa! I felt like the Panthers were making us believe that was going to be the first series. Right where they did something, and the Falcons' defense was going to be out there, heads on a swivel, looking to the sideline, like, "What are we doing now?" But instead, they got out there and they went, "Oh, yeah, this is what you showed on film." <laughs> like, that's not okay. There's only one situation when you can be very bland and and vanilla and boring on offense, and it's when you have the overwhelming talent advantage. Mm-hmm. 
right? When you're so good, you can say, we're going to run it to the right and there's nothing the defense can do to stop you. Then, yeah, you, you can be as bland as you want, right? Your, your signals from the sideline could be 34 power. Okay, do you hear that, guys? All right, said hut, and then you run 34 power, you know, power to the right, and everybody's like, oh, look at that. You you gained seven yards. You're just more talented. Yeah. The Panthers are not that. Far from it. You're going to have to scheme guys open, right? You're going to have to. I told this story from a podcast the other day, Josh McDaniels, right? He's talked about having Randy Moss when he was uh, with the Patriots, Gronk when he was with the Patriots, now Devontae Adams when he's with the, the Raiders. And he said, it's just nice to know that if those guys are ever singled up, if you ever are not doubled, your quarterback knows, like everybody knows, hey, that guy's singled up, we're throwing it to him. And that's because they're just so overwhelmingly talented that it can be that obvious and like you're going to get the ball if you're singled up. Who on the Panthers is that? Do you think they've given Bryce Young the A-OK that any time uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. is singled up, no matter what the play call is, you go to him? I don't think so. I hope not. Adam Thielen, I don't think so. Nope. Hayden Hurst, I don't think so. And some of these players are like good quality players. They're just not that. You have to scheme them open. You have to get to the right spot. The play calling has to be more creative. And I'm not saying every play has to be a triple reverse RPO, but but something new and different, right? Set up the, the play and then run the counter to the play. T test, test them deep and more than just, hey, down the right sideline. Like, it's, it's almost this. I got really mad yesterday at Bryce Young for making the same mistake twice. And the point I made was you could go play – Two of the, the the two, his two interceptions, back to back on video, and then shuffle them up right, like do the old uh, uh, three card Monty game where you, you shuffle the two clips back to back to back, mm -hmm. and and now you don't know which going which one's going first, and you wouldn't be able to tell they look that similar. So so I got really mad at Bryce Young for making the same mistake twice. I don't know if I got mad enough at the play caller. For like Bryce Young made a terrible read on that particular route, and and you called it again. Like, not only did he make the same mistake on the same play, you kind of called the same play twice. I don't know if it was the exact same motion on the front side, the exact same concept on the front side, but be more creative. Be more creative. As an offensive play caller, Frank Reich, you've been around the block a few times. Dig into your bag of tricks. Okay, so guess what? Your wide receivers and tight ends weren't getting open, so you had to depend on the running game. You had to depend on the running backs. Get them the ball in different situations, right? Like, like not just the same old, same old. Use motions pre-snap. Use different formations. Use different personnel. Be more uh, – I saw too much bland. And by the way, the Panthers have nothing to lose this year. Right, it's not like they came in as the Bills or something, mm -hmm. and 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 you know Josh Allen's taking chances, and I'm going, why in the world would you take chances? You're going up against Zach Wilson by that point in the game. This is the Panthers. Take chances. Take chances. Yeah, try things. Yeah, what's it gonna hurt? See what works. <laughs> Can't be worse. Actually, it could be. It could look like the Bills, but hey, well, could look like the at least Giants. they got the overtime. Well, there you go.
<laughs> had to find the one, right? Could look like the the Bengals. Oh gosh. I mean, all those quarterbacks are making $40 million or more a year. Uh, could be worse. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.